0: You're listening to the Library Pros
1: Podcast with Chris and Bob, a techie librarian and a computer IT guy discussing libraries, technology, and all things this side of the reference desk.
2: Thanks, Carl. Hi, and welcome to episode 28 of the Library Pros Podcast. I'm
1: Chris. And I'm Bob. And And I'm neither Chris or Bob. (laughs) Not either Chris or Bob, Maurice. We're coming to you from the Sachem Public Library in Holbrook, New York. If this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. The Library Pros podcast is produced bi-monthly, so don't forget to check us out and subscribe to our RSS feed, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, whatever they're calling it now with iOS 11. Thanks, Chris. Android email and now on Google Play. Links and notes from today's podcast can be found on our website, thelibrarypros.com, on Twitter, at thelibrarypros, or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thelibrarypros.
2: He said forward slash. Today, joining us via Google Hangout, is, well, Bob is on Google Hangout today, too. Um, That's true. Because he's stuck in his server room. and uh, part of the show. He, he finally got chained. Uh, he's got a leg cuff on his uh, leg. He's chained Whoa. to the server. Uh-oh.
0: Uh-oh. Yeah. It's, if, if Fifty Shades of Library Pros, least. Oh,
1: man. I got a feeling this is going to be a fun podcast.
2: It's, <laughs> it's Fifty Shades of Sierra, I think it oh, is. Oh,
1: man.
0: Oh,
2: God. Yeah. yeah. It's time for the update. So today, joining us via Google Hangout is the... Maurice Coleman, technical trainer at the Hartford County Library in Northeast Maryland. Maurice is also the host of "Teas for Training, a podcast about training, learning, resource sharing, library leadership. Does it also say canning vegetables and laughing? Uh, Yeah, we've done that, too. You've done done that, too. We've done that in the show. So he's going to be be right at home with us. We're already laughing. Uh, You can hear his podcast at... T is for training.wordpress.com or on iTunes or most podcatchers. And he also, he presents at numerous conferences. I'm hoping he presents at a conference soon that we can
1: see. I'm so proud of you for not saying HTTP.
2: Well, you did you notice I to. took the www out of every URL <laughs> in this
1: script that we don't use? You were going to say that. I know you're going to say HTTP.
2: No, I, I, I hesitated for a second.
0: <laughs> oh, so, it's a shame they don't, folks, it's a shame they really don't like each other. This is all banter that doesn't, that's not real. That's true. Yeah, they were arguing with each other five minutes ago. Oh, isn't it
2: great? So, uh, do I have to say welcome to the podcast?
0: Hi. No, No, you really don't.
2: No. So we're going to be speaking with Maurice about podcasting, what you know, what making is all about, but you know, all kinds of things. Podcasting, and it's always exciting to have a fellow podcaster on because we're like kindred spirits because we do it differently, but we all get the same product at the end. Well, Maurice's is good, ours is crap, but anyway. Wow. uh,
1: Wow. I'm going to join Maurice. Maurice, do you need a tech guy to do your podcast with you?
0: uh, Uh, I actually have a computer tech guy, but we'll get into that when we talk about how I do my podcast.
1: Nice.
2: All right. So it's always fun to have the fellow podcaster on the show. So thanks for coming on. And we will get, you know, to all the fun podcasting stuff in a minute. But um, how did you break into the library world?
0: I needed a job. Really unique way of breaking into the library world. I I moved down here to Maryland. I'm originally from New York, and I met my wife using a thing that's now about to die, America Online Instant Messenger, and she lived in Maryland – I moved down here because it was easier for me to change my job and to consult long distance as opposed to her. She's a hairstylist. So her clients threatened me with various amounts of vivisections <laughs> and removing parts of my body if I told her to move up to New York. So I needed a job. I was down here. I was doing some long distance consulting. I actively used the library here. And then a job came open for what we call a Sunday circulation manager manager. So, I would run the branch on Sundays. Then I became a regular circulation manager. And then I got this particular job thir- almost 14 years ago, I had 13 years ago here as technical trainer. So, there I am.
1: Wow. wow. That, that almost answers my next question. Shoot. Just how, how did you get started with libraries as a career? So, there you go. <laughs> I you need,
0: need, need a job. job. <laughs> <That's it. laughs>
1: so, tell us
2: about your background in technology. Did you always, were you like a computer nerd or you know, how uh, did it start?
0: I'm more, uh, uh, A computer user slash, you know, sort of nerd, I learned to translate a lot of stuff before I came to libraries. What I did in New York, when I worked in New York City, I worked for a couple of different nonprofits that did community organizing and then another nonprofit that did technical assistance, literally digital technical assistance to youth organizations. So I've been running with this for a few decades now. And before that, I was always, you know, I, I had computers at home. I took computing and coding and all that stuff. In high school, I worked on a Commodore PET 64. Oh,
2: you win. You win.
0: Chiclet keys and all. Hell yep. yeah. Chiclet keys and a tape deck drive. Mm, those were the days. <laughs> you know, you could write two sentences. Oh, flip the tape. You've run out of room. <laughs> two sentences. Flip the tape. Yep, got to get another one. You got to okay. get
2: the 90 minute cassette, not the 60 minute cassette.
0: Well, you know, we didn't know that much. So we got, it was a cassette. So I do have a background in technology. A lot of it's self-taught. I don't have any of the Microsoft certifications, but I've been teaching, I've been teaching about the internet since 1994. Wow. It was the first class I developed for the internet. It was called Internet for Community Activists at an organization that still exists, the Citizens Committee for New York City great organization. It worked with block tenant and neighborhood leaders to teach them how to better organize. And here was this brand new thing called the internet. And I did an internet class in Baruch College, one of Baruch College's computer labs as an experiment because we didn't know the internet was going to be around. Who knew?
2: Right. What were you using?
0: Dial-up? Uh, well, because we were doing it at Baruch College, they had... T1 line. Oh. They had a fractional, I think then it was a fractional T1, but you know, it was a college, It's College of the city university system, so they had decent internet access, so everyone had their own individual terminal. I would show them the nascent New York City dot, well I guess now it's New York City dot gov, but the original New York City websites and various resources that were there online, how to search for data that was there, but really poorly, poorly. Early organized stuff. The first uh, search, at, you know, go remember Gopher? Oh, yeah. yeah. So nice. you know, go find it with Gopher from the University of Minnesota. So I taught them how to use those resources and how, where to. Maybe go to uh, libraries. Didn't have many computers then, but some did. You know, going to schools if they had them, really teaching them where to go find this computer. Plus, people had their own computers back in the day of CompuServe and Prodigy, those services. So people could find information on those services. But again, it was really before everyone talked to each other very much. It sort of talked to each other, but not quite as much as you know in the late nineties.
2: Well, just in geo cities.
0: You know, I forgot about GeoCities. Yes. You know, this web crafting thing. Uh, yeah. So that's how I got, that's my background in technology. A lot of it self taught. And then using a lot of it and being on the edge and being able to translate it to people to be able to say, well, this is what this does. Here's how you do it. Here's how you might want to use it or not use it.
2: Well, isn't that interesting? Because I mean, uh, <clears throat> I think Bob and I were talking about this uh, just yesterday. Uh, that a lot of us in in library land are self taught, and then it just turns into um, being involved with technology in libraries.
0: Well, because you, you get th- it gets thrown at you. Oh, you like doing tech? Here, why don't you tell us how this thing works? And We're, you know, next thing you're still doing it twenty years later.
2: With the Mikey sure. from the Life cereal commercial. Pretty uh, much. Yeah.
0: Here you go. Here's this new thing. You go play with it. Well, it used to start, I'm, I'm, I'm now not the young person anymore, but I used to be the young person. And I would get the, here, give it to the young person. They know <laughs> technology. Let them figure it out.
2: Oh, That's, a, that's really hysterical because I know the feeling. That's the same way it was with me. Was it like, you know, with you too, Bob, right, right Bob?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not the young person anymore either.
0: Well, you know, because you age, you age out of it. You've been doing it for years, so you age that's out it. of it. But yeah, you're you're the young person. Here you go. Here, here. You look at this. We don't yeah. want to do anything, with it. you tell us how it works.
1: Yeah, I suppose, Chris, that's not true, right? We're we're young in some circles. It, there you go. Yeah, it depends. Yeah. Depends, it depends on
2: the circle. Yeah. It, it, it's but, getting to be a smaller and smaller circle.
0: Yeah, it is. yeah you're right. No. <laughs> you're moving from the friend of the the married people table to the friend of the parents table. Yep. So that's yeah, what exactly. Like, oh, okay, I am older. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: So, Maurice, is that where you started? Did you start at the Hartford County Library?
0: In libraries, yes. This is my only library system I've worked for and the only library thing I've done. And this is my 10th or 15th year here at Hartford County Public Library.
1: Can you tell us a little bit
0: about it? Sure. We are a a countywide system. Your listeners, especially if they're sort of hyper-local to you, they have all the individual tax areas that provide their county library services. Here in Maryland, we're primarily on a county-based system. So we have county library, individual county libraries. We have three regional libraries. We have a new state library. We really are kind of library nirvana. My particular system, 11 branches, two service vehicles. We serve the gamut of folks who could come into a library, everyone from – Farmers, we have a lot of farms here, a lot of farmers. We have, therefore, we also have migrant workers up in the northern part of our county. We are right along the border with Pennsylvania and we have the Amish who like to come to one of our branches. They need their DVDs. So we have a hitching post there for the Amish. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we DVDs
2: all... and Amish people?
0: Yeah, well, you know, they haven't done the springer yet. So they, they use electricity. Don't 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 be twisted. Don't get it twisted. Okay. They also come for books too, but you know, they do walk out with some DVDs. Now that's interesting. Um, we also are a bedroom community for Baltimore, for DC, for Aberdeen Proving Grounds, which is right bo- at the bottom of the county, which is a weapons testing.
2: I was just going to say kaboom, party. right?
0: Yeah, lots of kabooms. We have scheduled kabooms in the county. Wow. and. Also at the format, forefront of 3D printing and modeling, which we're going to talk about a little later, which is why we started—we sort of collaborate with them to really talk about uh, additive manufacturing, et cetera, because they do the, the forward-thinking technology for the, the Army here at Ab- Aberdeen Proving Grounds. So we have a little bit of everything: we have cities, towns, suburbs, overdevelopment, underdevelopment—we got it all.
2: It sounds like you really do.
0: We do. All right,
2: so let's talk about um, about teas for Training, your podcast. Sure. You've been a host of that podcast for a while now. Which, yep. Um,
0: uh, you, uh, nine years. And so nine you clusters. said
2: 210 uh, episodes, right?
0: Yeah, kind of. I, I wish I could say it was strictly every two weeks, but there are crazy things like Christmas, Veterans Day, all the different holidays, sometimes fall. If I'm not at work, I usually don't do it. If I have a meeting, sometimes I can get a guest host, sometimes not. So eh, 200, yeah, we're 213 or some such that at this fun. point. That's
2: really impressive. We try. All right. So tell us, because this, this always happens. What's your insp- what was your inspiration for starting it?
0: At computers in libraries. So there, there's a dual prong thing. Number one, there was a podcast called Uncontrolled Vocabulary many years ago. A gentleman named Greg Schwartz who works for the Louisville Free Public Library. He's there. He's there. He is there, Bob, Bob.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he already gets us. He gets he us to a T. It's great. He does.
0: So he's there, Bob. He started this podcast that was really after hours talking about all the Library stuff. So I knew him. I knew the podcast, et cetera. I participated a little bit. But the biggest influence at computers and libraries, sitting around the floor of computers and libraries, this takes place in DC slash Crystal City, very nice hotel, and we'd hang out after the sessions were over, truly sitting around BSing. It's computers and libraries, so everyone whips out their various uh, new gadget things and doing lots of informal sharing. And I thought, wow, wouldn't this be really cool to do this all the time as opposed to just at conferences? So we took the floor con and the lobby con and tried to make it into a regularly scheduled show. And that was really the the germ of TS or training.
2: Well that is interesting and it's funny as you're mentioning computers in libraries I'm actually looking at thinking of the uh, the lobby of the Crystal City what what is it the Marriott I think Hyatt Hyatt Mm-hmm. So we've been there, right, hard, Bob?
0: Hard by the bar. Hard yeah. by the bar. You know where the bar is. Guys. Oh, yeah. Yes, we do. So yes. if you look to that, that whole seating area to the right, yes, that's where it really started there and also at the bar, obviously. But it started at that seating area. And that's where the magic and
2: happens in that seating area. That's where area. the magic
0: happens because most people who train are the only people who do that in their system. So it's hard sometimes to bounce ideas off of. You are, let's see, Sac, um, yeah, that's uh, Western Suffolk County?
2: Uh, Yeah, we're in Central, it's more Central Suffolk County.
0: Central Suffolk. Okay. So you have your wonderful folks out there. I know a couple of people at your your Central Library, so your your area library. But each individual, if someone in each of those libraries is the trainer, they are the only one. And it's hard to bounce ideas off of someone in your office if you're the only person who does what you do in your office. So the podcast provides people a place to bounce ideas, to hear other ideas, to say, oh, I have no clue how to do this or what resources do you have or do you know good people, et cetera. So that's what, that's really why I, I continue to do the podcast because it is, it's a place where I learn a lot and it's a really relatively easy thing for me to do and people get stuff out of it. So why not continue to do it?
1: That makes a lot what, of sense. What year was that? When did you start the podcast, Maurice? 2008. 2008, wow. You're yep, going November, on 10 years September,
0: next year. September of 2008, I did a test show. I sent out a doodle poll to a bunch of people I knew via social media and said, tell me a good date and time that we could all get together and maybe try to do something on the phone. Because my podcast is a phone call. It's not using Google Hangouts. It's not using recording equipment, though I do do that. It's a phone call. So you, if you can make a long-distance phone call, you can join the podcast.
2: It's nice. That really is a cool concept. So
1: Chris, we need him back for the 10-year anniversary.
2: <laughs> <laughs> for our 10-year? No, for
1: his 10-year. Oh, has-
2: <laughs> that would be hysterical. Okay, so, right. so we all know that training is you know, key in libraries for employees because if they're not trained, they don't know what they're doing. But You'd how did be you turn it? That...
0: People don't think that you would be surprised. Yeah,
2: exactly. So I mean you covered this a little bit, but mm-hmm. the concept of, of turning that into a podcast. Um, mm-hmm. you said it started in Crystal City. Yep. Um, so what happened after Crystal City? How did you, you know, we'll, we'll get more show... into the nuts and bolts later. People just...
0: kept showing up. <laughs> That's the thing. People just kept showing up. I talk about it on social media and people just kept showing up. And if people keep showing up, well, you might as well keep doing it. So that's kind of been the motto for the last few years. It helps to have a good network of people you can rely on, you know, the usual suspects, people you know locally, not locally, et cetera, who do training, who can come onto the show because me yapping about stuff is not a good show. Me facilitating conversation is a good show. And if I can facilitate conversation from people all over the place, then that's a way better show. And I do believe people get stuff out of it because I would hear, I hear randomly people say, oh, I love that podcast. Like, okay. Didn't know you listened to it, but Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll keep going for you.
1: <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so how supportive would you say the library is of the podcast?
0: Uh, very. Uh, all my, I just, my previous, I, uh, human resources manager retired. She was very supportive. I'm assuming my, the new person who's just starting is about to start. It's going to be very supportive. My CEO is very supportive. COO knows about it. They're very, because it's an I do it for an hour every two weeks. So it really is, we're really very into in the state of Maryland into continuing education. For our librarians, they have to have 90 hours of continuing education every five years. So we are very much uh, learning, resource-sharing state. So this is just another part of that. Plus, it raises the profile of a library a bit, which is why I'm also lucky enough to be able to go speak to other places. I always tell them where I'm speaking, even if I'm not doing it as officially a library employee. On library time, I do tell my CEO and my boss, uh, they've asked me to speak about this particular subject. And on occasion, they'll ask me to do it for our library folk.
2: Well, that's cool, because you get, you get to practice a little bit, too.
1: hmm
2: That's really cool. Okay, so um, we really want to get into the discussion about podcasting for libraries. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Maurice about the nuts and bolts and all the fun stuff with regard to podcasting. So we'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> Are back with Maurice Coleman, librarian at the Hartford County Library and host of the podcast Tea is for Training. So we always love it. And I said it before, I'm going to say it again when we have a podcaster on because you guys get it. And we've had a couple of podcasters on in the past, and it's always fun to talk about the craft and podcasting, <laughs> and, you know, because there's so many different ways of getting to the same point, which yep. is getting your podcast out to the Ethernet. Yep. Um, so we wanted to go through the process you know, how it all started for you. Uh, so when you start the process of getting it all together, you know, how did you approach the in the beginning? You know, when I, noticed, when I started this, you know, all I had was an idea and then I had to figure out all the nuts and bolts on my own. So did you lay out like a game plan or did you,
0: know, <laughs> hey, you know, have you listened to my podcast? You think there's a game plan? <laughs> oh, that's a, oh, that's cute. So, I, I told you uncontrolled vocabulary was the inspiration. It was also really the te- technological inspiration for the podcast. He hosted it on talk shoe, which is what I use. It's a phone call as opposed to someone having to wrangle microphones or cameras, et cetera. You can, in theory, call the talk show with all that stuff. But it's really easy to pick up a phone or dial a cell phone. And in the an intervening 10 years, most people have cell phones. They can just dial from their cell phone to call on the show. It's one common number. It's, a, it's really a conference call that gets recorded, uh, which makes it really easy on the technological end for the most part. Because all I have to do is set up the the structure of the show, as in have the room ready at the the appointed time, that anyone can call into the show. So it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter where you're calling from, you can always call into the show because I do it at the same time on the same platform. So it's every other Friday from 2 o'clock Eastern to 3 o'clock Eastern. And I used to tell people, well, it's blah 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 time central and blah 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 time Pacific. You know what? Y'all all have the Google. You can feel free to type in <laughs> what time is 2 p.m. for my time zone? And magically it'll tell you what time that is.
1: <laughs>
0: so I just I don't I just say 2 p.m. Eastern. Y'all figure it out from where you are. Because we have folks call in from all let's see, all four contiguous United States time zones at the same time. We've had Canada. We had a listener who was in Hong Kong. He's back here now in Jersey, but he used to listen when he was to us. And I think we had some eh, – did he call – someone call him? it wasn't Hawaii. Someone really far away tried to call in once. But So I just say 2 o'clock Eastern, I make sure that the structure is there. That's really my gig. I make sure that the technological structure is there. And the rest of it over the years, my – I have a crew of people who have just – who all usually always show up and either they don't show up, they'll suggest topics. Uh, I have one person who is the, who edits the blog itself and all the posts about the show, whether or not she's there or not, she'll put in all the links, et cetera. She volunteered to do that Cause I said, I really hate doing it. She said, I'll do it. I said, great. That works for me. And I have one really good, one really good sort of training buddy, Paul Signorelli, who is really the sort of the, the producer of the show? He'll do. He's a primary generator of topics. He'll say, "Okay, we don't have anything to talk about this week. Let's talk about this." So he'll generate topics, or Jill will generate topics, or uh, Andrea Steiner will generate topics, or Kate Kostorski will generate topics, and then I have my friend Kate, who is usually my guest host. If I'm not able to do it, she's usually able to do the show, which is great because I can't be here every single show. I've not been on every single show, which is kind of cool that it goes. It sort of it has a life after or without me that I don't have to physically be there for the show to go on. And that's really important.
1: Hey, Chrissy's just like me.
0: Boy, that was a long <laughs> answer. <laughs> wow. I fall asleep those who are listening, I'm really sorry. This stuff excites me and I tend to talk.
1: No, so. obviously this is what it's all about. Exactly. Okay, cool.
0: That
1: works. So it looks like you chose WordPress to build your site on for the podcast. Yeah, uh, which is what we chose as well. So I, I'm I'm guessing we know the answer, but what's what was your reasoning behind picking WordPress for that?
0: Um, I had used it for a previous project in the state of maryland we did uh, learning 2.0 if you all have been around long enough you know learning 2.0 oh yeah we did that back in 2006 and 2007 and everyone had to blog on a thing wordpress was easier than blogger some people still did blogger i did wordpress it's free yeah. that's really the reason it's free it's free <laughs> and it's easy
2: that was like a I mic drop moment it. right there
0: yeah it's free and easy <laughs> It's not, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not free. It's really free, like beer. It's not free like kittens. It's free like beer. It's, it's there. It's cool. You can post from anywhere. You can do all this stuff. It looks professional and it's free. I don't care if it's a dot WordPress site. I could give, I couldn't give a damn.
2: (laughs) Well, what I liked about it too is the uh, the plugins. It's just like there's thousands and thousands of plugins.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not that sophisticated with it. I mean, I did web design before. I don't. As long as I figure that. The show link is up, that people can listen to the show, that the information about the show is relatively up to date, and the links are there in the article. I've done my job. I don't need all the fancy, shrancy stuff. It's, it's listen to the show. I did <laughs> the stuff in the show. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not selling web design. I'm not – I can do it, but I'm not selling web design.
2: Oh, man. You're killing me. This like, is yeah, hysterical. that's exactly
0: why I did WordPress because it was free.
2: It's free. Oh man! So, so for the people who don't quite know the process of podcasting, one thing you mm-hmm. need to do is you know to secure your audio on the host service, um, so you can link to it, you know, so it can be streamed for, or downloaded. So, yep. would, do you? I'm assuming you host, right?
0: TalkShoe.
2: I Talk use TalkShoe.
0: The platform that records it also generates all the necessary RSS feeds, feeds it into iTunes. It's there for anyone to listen to. We have a uh, a little widget on the site that if you want to listen to the show, you just click the widget, it opens up in a ginormous window for whatever reason. And you can feel free to just play the previous show or scroll through to all the past shows. And if you're on as a member of talk you have access to the entire back catalog of T is a training. And it gives us some download stats. So I kind of sort of know who downloads, but that's only directly from talk That's not, via iTunes because I can't for the life of me figure out how to figure out anything on iTunes with that. It's, it's a big
2: secret. I mean, you, it, you don't know where you're, where you're it, at with that.
0: You know, do people download it? Do people, it's weird. Are they
2: streaming it? You know, It's a
0: big secret. It's just a big honking secret.
2: Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's, that's the part that frustrates me too because, you know, we get stats. We use Blueberry.com and, mm-hmm. you know, our stats and analytics are really, you know, they have great stats but and they show the different, you know, sources that they're getting it from, that they're downloading from. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, iTunes has the data; they just don't share it with us.
0: Yeah, Wow. Apple being secretive? Who knew? Wow, <laughs> who knew? It's
2: unbelievable.
0: And I say this as look, I am truly ambi platform. I have, I, I have Apple devices because you have to be. Look as a, as. No, Bob, you know this, I'm sure, as a library IT nerd, you have to have some experience, at least with Apple and Google product and slash Android, in order to be really effective.
1: Yeah, you got to support you know? pretty much everything. Yeah.
0: Right. So you have to know a little bit about both. you know, I'm a any platform. Just give me some damn thing that works. Yeah. And I have an iPad at home for specific things. I have my Mac, which is just bothering me right here at the moment. Because right, if I click off accidentally, <laughs> it's because I have this annoying pop-up that's coming up that I have to like, get rid of every, once or twice a day. There we go. Once or twice a day. And you have to know all the stuff. You have to know some basics. Depending on your particular level and your regular responsibilities, I know how our library stuff works on these platforms pretty well, somewhat well. Uh, not perfectly, but no one does. I have to be able to explain at least the basics of Android and Apple to everyone. If they want to get email on their, their phones as the technical trainer when they start work, I have to show them. It doesn't matter what type of phone it is, I just get it on their damn phone. Or if they want it on their iPad or on their tab, their tablet, etc. I have to show them how to, to leverage that. So you can't be one particular platform that will get you hosed.
1: Oh yeah. You have to yeah. have
0: the best, pla- you have to have what the people have. You know, your job in a library setting is to support the people who walk in your door. Well, if it's a public library, everyone's going to walk to your door. They're all not going to have, wow, we all have Android devices. Or, wow, we all have iDevices. No, they're going to have both. Yeah. And then you get those weird people oh, who, still yeah. cra- who still have Crackberries. Like, oh, come on, let it go. Let the Crackberry go. Just, <laughs> just let it go.
2: Did you, ever, I, uh, did you ever deal with somebody with a, a Blackberry playbook? No, I had one and it was a nightmare, and it was only yeah, a year ago.
0: There are a few people who are truly diehards with it, I mean, there, there's like one, it has like two percent of the market or something. such still. I'm like thinking, how,
2: how people exactly. like that
0: real physical keyboard anyway? We're going way off topic, and I apologize. <laughs> that's all right. So, you know, <laughs> it's what? fine, talk, it's
2: it's awesome.
1: We could talk software for a minute if that's cool. Sure. So, at the library pros, we use an iPad with an app called Boss Jock to record mm-hmm. the audio. Uh, and there are so many ways of doing it. So we're wondering what T is for training uses on the software end.
0: So again, back to talk shoe. Yeah. So for the most shows, if we're doing a call-in show, excuse me, I use talk shoe. If I'm doing it at a conference, I use Audacity.
2: That's a good choice. And
0: a microphone. I use Audacity and and I have a. I use. I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump here. Uh, I use a I use a USB snowball mic. I use a blue snowball microphone primarily, and I now also have a Yeti, which is just really heavy. We had a Yeti. So, we
2: had yeah. We had yeah, a Yeti. It, it's
0: heavy. It is. It's heavy, isn't it?
2: It is.
0: And the snowball is a little lighter. It's easier if I'm going to a conference somewhere. I always have my laptop. It's easier to chuck into my carry on. That Yeti takes up a a lot of room and b it's heavy. Yeah. You try to walk through. Oh, you try to walk through Midway with that thing. Your shoulder will fall off.
2: <laughs> do you, which which Yeti do you have? Do you have the silver one or you have the black one that does the silver? Uh, yeah, we got, had the silver. Sil- one it's
0: silver, very heavy, and it's sitting. I'm looking at. I'm trying to look over because. So for those who are listening to this recording, they can see me. So I'm looking over where it is. It's a really large silver microphone.
2: And you know what? But it's, it's heavy. You know what we heavy. found it really annoying with it because when we first started, we recorded our first episode on a uh, blue Yeti, and mm. I bought two of them because thinking, oh, I'll just pop both of them in the computer.
0: Wah-wah.
2: exactly <laughs> could you know could that mean, be the though? stupidest thing in in tech history
0: not at all because you're assuming multi-channel recording that's all it's just, it was a bad assumption you were assuming that well if i plug both of them into the same thing shouldn't it recognize that there are two microphones and maybe i know i'm recording on two different channels yeah not so much
2: well, well i re- i actually think it would work i contacted them and they said, oh, we can make it work. You have to send it back and we have to give it a different registration number. Oh, man. Because they're all shipped with the same number.
0: That's, that, that's bleepin' nine. I don't know how much cursing can do on this show, but that's bleep nine. Yep. I will say, if you, if you are out there using a Yeti microphone, get a windscreen. If you're the person talking to the microphone, because yes. that Yeti microphone really likes every little p- 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 that comes out of your mouth, <laughs> and you will hear every p- p- that comes out of your mouth. The Snowball, it's a little, well, it's not quite as smart. So it doesn't pick up quite all that stuff, but it picks up enough around you that you could have a table of people there and it hear everyone.
2: It makes sense, yeah. Wow, look at that. He, he knocked off three questions in one shot.
0: Not my first one. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we found out how you connect them and everything,
1: right? Didn't yeah. We?
0: It's a USB mm. microphone. You, it, it's the nice part is with Audacity, you plug it in, it says, "Oh, it's a Blue Snowball." Hey, we know those, <laughs> so that makes the configuration. Re- it really is relatively easy. I mean, you can use other whatever program most computers have to record sound, but Audacity is you know free, so. Oh,
2: you're so, breaking up. On did me I a mention bit. Uh-oh. We're having a little technical. A, it is thing. free. Okay.
0: Yep. So let me tell you a little bit about on my show, guests on my show. I It's it's sort of like Russian roulette. I don't know who's going to show up.
2: So you just say I I'm going to be here and and, and yep. show up.
0: Some people tell me when they're not going to be able to show up. Like, hey, I'm doing blah, blah, blah today, but here's my contribution to today's show, which is why it's good to have a nice-sized group of people who help you do the show. hmm and truly, Chris and Bob, there are days that I start the show, no one shows up, I end the show. I go, hey, thank you very much for coming. Sorry no one came today. It's really boring to listen to me, but here's how <laughs> you can reach us. Here's our information. We'll try to get in two weeks. Great. Thank you very much for listening and being supportive of the TS Training Podcast. You can reach us at TSRTrainingShow.WordPress.com. I do all of that stuff, and then I, then I end the show. <laughs>
2: Wow, that's that's pretty cool because you're not afraid to say, hey, nobody showed up today.
0: No, I I can listen to myself speak for an hour and stuff, but eh, you know what? It's kind of boring for other people. So I just end the show and say, hey, you know what? Enjoy your day. I apologize. There's no show this week. We'll try it again. Luckily, trying it again and again has led to years of it, which is nice. And most of the time, people show up. Every once in a while, people don't, but most of the time, people show up which is good. I'm very lucky. I, I, I praise them all the time, both publicly and privately, that truly without the usual suspects, the regular crew that's on teacher training, I couldn't do the show. I just couldn't do the show.
2: And most of the people who are regulars, they work with you, right? Nope. They don't. I've
0: worked with them. No, these are people, I, again, I'm alone in my system. Uh, Andrea Snyder used to work in Nassau County. She's now up at Owl in uh, upstate New York. Okay, She's an outreach person there training person there one of my other usual suspects is a professor of practice at Syracuse's iSchool school then another one of my usual suspects works for JSTOR and another one of the usual suspects Paul is an independent consultant in San Francisco he also works with Ala part-time so those are the really – at this point in the show's history, because there have been others, this point in the show's history, those are the most consistent people who also help with producing the show. I mean, we have other people who come to the show, et cetera, but they really are into the producing and soon-to-be hosting of the show.
2: So then you don't really go out and look for guests. You just say, here I am and call me?
0: Sometimes. I mean sometimes I look for guests or if it's someone interesting, what I did – ooh – I want to say four years ago, there was a lull of time that I just, it was Christmas, Thanksgiving, all this stuff ended up messing with the show schedule. So I was going to be off for six weeks. So I called up some, you know, friends in the computer who are also, you know, real life, face-to-face friends and said, Hey, you know, I do this podcast. Why don't you let me talk to you about some stuff? And a bunch of them did. So I'll do that sometimes. Uh, I will f- seek out guests. I've had people who approached me to be a guest on the show, plugging something. And if it's important enough, I think to trainers or libraries, I'll be glad to do it. You know, I'll be glad to pimp stuff. Anyone who anyone, uh, the people I know in the computer who have really good books, I absolutely talk about their stuff on the show. Cause every little bit of marketing helps and uh, rising tide lifts all boats is my theory.
2: I know what you mean because we do that too. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't mind helping somebody sell a book or do anything Absolutely. else because they're talking about something library-related. So yep. no harm, no foul. It's great. Yep. And it's fun to find people who actually want to talk because mm-hmm. we've had a couple. I'm not mentioning names. We've had a couple people where it was like pulling teeth. Remember them, Bob? <laughs> I do. I remember those. Yeah.
0: Wow. Was y- y'all pulling teeth? Really? That's oh, yeah. kind of sad. Well, you know, a lot of library folks are naturally, there are some library folks who are naturally uh, introverted. introverted. We'll use introverted as the That's word. A safe it's not word. Exactly what I mean, but it's introverted. They don't want to be in the front. The reason they join libraries was because I don't have to talk to anyone. I'm in a book. It's like, yeah, <laughs> not quite how it works, but hey, glad you thought that way at first. <laughs> but they really don't want to be out front. It's for training and presenting. There are people who are out front as trainers who shouldn't be out front as trainers. It's not that they're not good at it. They don't have a desire to improve. And if you're going to be a trainer, the first thing you have to be able to do is to have a desire to improve. Because every trainer stinks when they first train every single trainer. I I know people say, wow, this is my first training. I say, it's going to stink. What do you mean? No matter what, it's going to stink. The people may not notice it. The audience may not notice it, but you're going to notice every single flaw in your head. And that's okay. Do another one and do another one and do another one and do another one. Then eventually you will get better at it if you're willing to put in the work. Yeah.
2: Well, Bob, that reminds me of, um, what we always talk about is the dirtiest. What are the? What's the dirtiest words you could say in a library? That's the way we've always done it.
0: Oh, twatty! Oh, I hate twatty. <laughs> oh, no,
2: no.
0: I, 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 tell people in presentations that has to die. I mean, yeah. Sometimes there is a good reason. It's twatty shouldn't be the autoresponder responder. Twatty should be okay. This is why we've done it this way for these reasons. If you got something better, let's try it. If you can say these reasons aren't valid anymore, let's try it. But yeah. don't make that your only say. I hate I hate that phrase. That's the way you've always done it. It's like, yeah, okay. Is your library the same as it was 15 years ago? Yeah. If, yes, your library is behind the times and everyone else is going to the next town over. <laughs>
2: That's true. <laughs> that is very true. That's so, extremely true.
0: You know, you're, especially your case on Long Island, and y'all are bit, 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 bit. It's going to be completely different library experiences based on the size, the director, whether or not you can use some stuff. If you live in a township, you know, if you live in a tax area, it's going to be a very different library experience. Like, Yeah, people are going to use the other library because not going to use you because you're 15 to 20 years behind in the times. Guess what? You're going to stay there yeah. because no one's going to come to your library.
2: Right, and there will be no motivation to actually do new things because the people who want to do new things aren't going there.
0: Right, they're going elsewhere where they can do new things. Like, oh, I'm going to that library down the street. Oh, that's kind of cool. They let me do this, that, and the other? Great. Like, you have a makerspace. You know, it's the thing like libraries and makerspaces. What do libraries do? They introduce people to stuff. Sure, we in Harford County are really at the cutting edge of it because we have Edward Arsenal below us, and we have people who are doing stuff in the military that's five and ten years out of uh, what you will see commercially. Mm-hmm. But a lot of places, people don't know. You see 3D printing, you hear 3D printing, it's like, oh, that's kind of a cool concept. What the hell does that mean? (laughs) And then you show them, it's like, oh, that's what it means. Okay, I get, you have to see it and hear it to understand it. Because now, adding a little layer of this, a little layer of that, a little layer of this, a little layer of that, it sounds really kind of dumb and boring, and frankly it is. But it's really cool to watch your thing sort of be created and here it is here's this thing that i made and people have to see it to experience it to understand it that's
2: understandable. And that's what libraries are for well isn't it funny too i mean when, when we first rolled out our 3d printers about a year year and a half ago people say well can i come in and work the 3d printer well it doesn't have a joystick on it
1: <laughs> <laughs> can i drive it
2: I said, you know, when you start to explain, especially to kids, right? They, they want to say, oh, I want to work the 3D printer. It's, it's not a claw machine. You know, this is what you do.
0: It's not a claw machine. So, yeah,
2: what you have to do.
0: <laughs> I'm going to take this, this lap okay, break. I so, love it. Chris, this is on my show. If you've listened to it, you always hear the. It's usually a big crack up uh-huh. and then we say, bam, that's the name of the show. That's what I would name. If this was a team for training, I would name it. It's not a claw machine. <laughs> like, that it's just, it's not a claw machine. Damn it.
2: Guess what? I, <laughs> think, I, I think I'm naming this. It's not, I'm writing that right down.
0: <laughs> it's not a claw machine. Damn it. That's the name
1: of the episode. Now it's
2: not a claw <laughs> it's machine.
0: It's not <laughs> a, claw a claw machine. Which is how I get the really strange titles of my shows. They come out of someone's mouth. We're talking about something and it makes everyone crack up and we'll say it in chat. We have, so the, what I like about talk is you have an, a chat that you can have sort of sidebars or say, Hey, we're leading up to this question. People can also participate without calling in. If you can't call in, you can at least log into the program via talk and participate via chat and listen to the live stream. So we've had people do that. And they're not able to call in, mm-hmm. and they can participate because I read what they say into the show. So if someone asks a great question, I read it into the show.
2: So that's your show prep, basically.
0: It's sort of it's sort of show running. It's not really show prep. This is show running. This is during the show. There's a live chat. We'll throw links in there for things. We'll throw comments, questions, etc. Or someone will prompt me and say, "Hey, can we talk about X, Y, and Z?" And I'll it's out. Remember to do that as part of the next segment.
1: Okay. That's pretty neat. I mean, I like the way that it's done because you kind of have a couple of generic topics, right? Then you open up the, the phone calls for anybody to call in. Yep. It's a little bit different than ours is kind of like really planned out per guest. Mm-hmm. Because we know exactly is cool. who's going to be here. Yeah. It's kind of neat though. It's a great content. Di-
0: it's, it's a different way of doing it. That's all. You yeah. all get great stuff out of your guests because you have them. And folks, let me tell you: come on this show, you are prepared. Like you, there's a lot of really careful thought done for the pre-show. I am not like that. I, if it's someone has a book, I will read their book and I will talk about their book, etc. On Michelle and sort of and softball questioner. I'm all right with that. You know, Hey, you give me a copy of your book. I'm willing to publicize it for you here. Let me chuck up a softball to you.
2: But well, it makes sense. Cause you want the, the guests to be happy too.
0: Yeah. And it's not like they're paying me. I mean, they pay me in a book. Okay. But you know, I want them to be happy and you all make your guests happy because it's a comfort level. I kind of know what's coming up on my show. I tell people you're not going to know what's come up. You got to be able to ad lib. Your trainers. In theory, we're all trainers who listen to my show, and people who like training, or who want to be trainers, or who are know, trainer groupies. So they kind of get the being able to ad lib because as a trainer, you have to know how to ad lib. Oh yeah. Now, there, yeah. There, I did a class on the internet at Baruch College. It wasn't. No, it was It's another college without internet access.
2: And you trained on something on the internet. Yes. Wow. That's like training uh, somebody how to use an iPhone without having an iPhone in front of them.
0: Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. You, lots of pictures, diagrams, screen caps, etc. So if you're, if you're ever doing a training and you're doing on something that you try to tr- demonstrate live, make your screen caps the night before because sometimes they'll change stuff really close to what you're doing in training. <laughs> it, changes up, it changes everything. And I've done it the night before and I've turned the thing on click Oh, look at that. They changed this. Hmm. Yeah. Well, let's see. These 10 slides are no longer valid, yeah. but I can use the recipes. And I just explained to the class, this is part of what it is to use a service. Yeah. Software as a service. You are not in charge.
1: They do an update right before you go to teach. Yeah. You know,
0: like, so he's like, well, why don't you have screenshots of this? Because they updated about three hours ago. <laughs> I was in my car. <laughs> I didn't have a computer I didn't know they were doing it they don't announce it I would say hey by the way Facebook's gonna change today no yeah. you wake up in the morning and sign in bam it's done
2: hey Bob don't you want to have him stream all his training sessions now I
0: think it'd be great I think it's awesome oh, thank you <laughs> I'm I do this. try
2: because that would be highly entertaining I can't Im- I, I would love <laughs> to see you I mean not that you go on script but I'm assuming you have a handout or something when you're doing the training oh yeah and so how long does okay. that last? About three seconds?
0: No, 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 no. Okay. <clears throat> here's my theory of training. If I usually have, if I'm presenting to a bunch of people, I usually have some sort of slide deck only because I can keep myself straight and to keep their head straight on what I'm talking about. It is merely a prompter. I am the presentation. So if I got rid of the, the slide deck, I should still be able to talk for an hour about whatever I am talking about. The slide deck is not my crutch. Some presenters put eight bajillion things on each slide. And okay, the two of you, you've been to conferences. If you see a lot of words on the slide, you're probably thinking one of two things. A, I could just get a copy of the handouts and go have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Or B, I'm not listening to anything this person said because I'm reading the slide. I'm reading the slide. I I have no clue what they're talking about because I'm still reading the slide and they're talking about something that is kind of on the slide, but I'm reading the slide. So I'm very minimalist with the stuff on my slides because they're supposed to listen to me. It's a key for me. I have a handout that has links and extra wordy stuff, et cetera, but that's not my slide deck. Excuse me.
2: Well, I mean, don't get me wrong, but I mean, when I'm doing a presentation, I use it as to highlight the topic. So it's just a topic and then you start your stream of consciousness.
0: Ding, 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 ding. I have notes. For some things, I have a lot of notes. And I review them beforehand. So usually they're in my head. And sometimes I have to read them because sometimes it's the stuff you don't want to screw up. So you read it. It's like, look, I'm sorry, I'm reading this part. Why? Because I don't want to mess it up. I want to make sure I give you the exact right information because this is very technical stuff. You're just learning it. I have to tell you about. It. I have to make sure I get it right for you.
2: Well, that makes sense. But I, I would love to see you flying by the seat of your pants. It must be hysterical.
0: <laughs> the seat's fun. I mean, it, it it's key to know a lot of stuff. be able to bring things back hosting a podcast is great practice for because it is ad lib it's a lot i I did acting as a kid young person in high school so a lot of it's sort of acting this all the improv things you do in acting it's a lot of the same stuff you just have to be able to think on your feet make make it make sense and be really clear and answer the questions as best you can and don't bs people i don't know the answer to that here's my best guess I can talk to you later about this. Here's my best guess. Or I know this for a fact. Here's where you can go for more information. Yep.
2: It does make a lot of sense.
0: hmm People are happy that you're honest with them.
2: Well, that's half the battle. I mean, if you don't know and you say you don't know, then it's better than trying to mm-hmm. make
0: it up. Yep. Oh, well, if you make it up, you're going to get caught. That's true. <laughs> you're going to – look <clears> – <throat> If you're doing any type of training for any length of time, that there is a break, if you completely bleep the pooch and give a complete bold lie, someone is going to call you on it. There are way too many devices that people can look at and go, yeah, you know, that doesn't really make. that's not quite what I know. And they'll look it up on their phone, and then during the break, they'll hand it to their friend and go, look what he said. He was wrong. And someone's going to call you out or, or you've lost that particular part of the room because, go, well, he's full of BS. He doesn't know anything. Well, we don't – eat the rest of it is obviously BS. We don't need to talk to him. And you've lost that part of the room. <laughs> True well, story. It,
2: it, yeah, it happens. It happens yep. a lot. How many times have we been like computers in libraries or something like that? And, yep. you know, you look at them and it, it's like the, uh, that scene in Spinal Tap when they're talking about their amps going to eleven. Mm-hmm. And the guy says, well, if you just spaced out everything, then they go to 10. And the guy looks back at him and he goes, but these go to <laughs> 11. Yes.
0: That's my reality, damn it. Exactly. Well, speaking of reality, let me tell you, I do have a Twitter thing. I do social media for the show. I have a Facebook presence. <laughs> Meh, it's Facebook. And, I, <laughs> and Twitter. A lot of I, I always encourage people to follow the Twitter feed because I always – Send out. A, I usually send out a reminder about the show right, anywhere from thirty minutes to two hours beforehand. There's a link directly to the show itself and to the page on shoe. and then usually sometimes is tweeted out the link to the show itself.
2: What's, so the twi- what's your Twitter? Uh, your Twitter name? T
0: is for training. At T is F O R training. T I S F O R training.
2: What a surprise.
0: Yeah, well, ShakaRu, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> wow, teaser training. Whoa. Yep.
2: And you know I that he, know and Bob you know to. that that, Bob, you know that he's uh he's not full of it because he's cranking out the episodes.
1: Yeah, two hundred and thirteen. That's something for us to catch up to.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, we're not going to be able to catch up because he's going to keep cooking.
1: That's true. Yeah. Let's
0: hope so. Well, you know what? You make as many look. A big thing about podcasting is. There are a lot of great podcasts out there that it's, it's, a, it's really a flow. It's an ebb and flow. There's some people who can continue to do it, some people who can't. And as long as there informations out there, there's a big group that I need to introduce y'all to, if you don't know about it already. Uh, at ALA, there was a podcaster, there's a, a podcaster list server I need to get you guys on. Okay for podcasters involved at library podcasting, et cetera. And it's a bunch of library podcasts, including a couple of people who do it officially for ALA and people around the country. But as long as the information is available there, your podcast will live on. You know, try to do stuff that, th- th- here's my sage advice. Try to do stuff that's sort of timeless as much as you can. Yes, you do hot topics, but try to do timeless stuff. If you listen to our show, yeah, politics sometimes leaks into our show, but not usually. Latest training tends People not peeking our show, but that's good. We talk about old school training stuff. We talk about the things we used to do that we don't do anymore, and why we don't do that anymore, or why we still hold on to some of the things that we do.
2: Well, that makes sense. I mean, because you don't go back as far as Windows ninety five, and you're not talking about you know fourteen no, four modems there, and that kind of stuff.
0: There are people who do, and yet you know, as part of your your technic, as part of being a trainer, especially of technology. Never ever assume what people know. Never ever assume because you will have people who will come in your class. They don't realize they have to know how to use a mouse before coming into a computer class. Mm-hmm. So you got to be able to show them the mouse. Take them aside, say, "This isn't for you. Let me show you how to use the mouse," and then you build them up to it. But there are people who still there are people who still claw to not quite ninety five. XP, definitely. Uh, XP, definitely. Well, because it was good.
2: It was solid. It's
0: good. It's solid. It worked very well. People liked it. What was between? Seven was pretty good. Then Vista came after XP. Thank you, Vista. It's, you know, you forget that I've been working with Microsoft stuff so long that I almost forget the bad iterations, you know, the either or, because one's good, one's bad, one's good, one's bad, one's good, one's, good, one's, good, one's bad. Windows I Millennium.
2: Forget, yeah, Millennium was another winner.
0: Windows ME. I forgot about Windows ME, which oh, came yeah. before XP. See, I, I, My brain compresses them because they don't really exist. They're shunned. That's right. So they're shunned <laughs> like, you're shunned. <laughs> like, yeah, you didn't really exist. Vista's like, yeah, no. And then seven, seven's good.
2: Seven was solid. Seven was solid. solid.
0: Eight, if you had a touchscreen, you were happy. Yep. If you didn't have a touchscreen, you weren't very happy. You know what
2: that was? That was the panic of, oh, no, an iPad. What are we going to do?
0: That's
1: right.
0: Yeah, it only came out, what, five years after the iPad came out? It's like, yeah, good job with you, Microsoft. Good job by you.
2: Well, I always joke joke around that, that Microsoft is like GM in the 80s. The Chevy Caprice was the same car from 1977 until
0: 1990. That's right. There are lots of people in a large part of Seattle that are cracking up at that. (laughs) (laughs) And half of them work for Microsoft. Like, yep, yep. They won't tell you. They can't tell you officially, but yep. It's
1: true.
0: But it is the 800-pound gorilla. But, you know, like, I'm I'm, one of my computers. I I have a dual monitor set up. And one of my computers is a Windows 10 thing. You know what? It's really just a funkier version of Windows 7, and I'm okay with that. I, I, I don't mind. It has some really cool features. As long as you get used to them, you're cool.
2: Right.
0: It's just, it's not the horror that is Windows 8. And again, even good system, bad system, good system, bad system, good system, bad system. That's a whole tangent, folks. I do apologize for that, but I tend to do that.
2: No, that's fine. Yeah. And you know, it's going now that they said they're not going to make any other operating systems other than 10, I guess they're thinking that. 10 is the good one and they're just gonna stick with it. Sure. Let's go let's stick with that story. I like that
0: story. Yeah, that, that, that <laughs> sure. Yes, okay. Size. most you know, most IT, this is his desktop stuff you really, if you wanted to, you could skin almost anything and have it look relatively Windows ish, and no most people wouldn't notice, except when they try to go to a Windows thing and they get some sort of LibreOffice thing. Yeah, we've Although, been using that. We've been using Whoa, that classic that?
1: shell thing on our machines. We rolled out Windows eight and ten here at the library. Mm-hmm. We're using classic shell to make it look like seven, right? And everybody's happy.
0: Yeah, because they're like, "Oh, it looks just like I know." Yeah. Okay, if they want
1: to play with it. The, the link to the start screen is still there. The you know the charms still show up, so they're mm-hmm. happy. It's like so a yeah, of that's ours.
0: yep. So uh, do I collect stats? You know, some people ask about stats. We talked about it earlier in the podcast, but. Uh, yeah, TalkShoot just tells me how many people downloaded stuff. And again, when uh, iTunes is, uh, I, I'm just not, I'm just not one of the cool kids to know how to get stats out of iTunes. I'm just not. I, I'm just not a cool kid. I assume people get it. I, I just don't know.
2: It's, it's very difficult. I've, I've did a lot of research on trying to get those stats, and I keep running up against the same question marks. Um, if there is a way to do it, I certainly don't know how to do it. I can't figure out how to do it. All I can see is what was um, downloaded from iTunes, you know, through through Blueberry. But you know, and Blueberry is that gives,
0: all of them? Is that some of them? You know, you don't know.
2: You, you don't. You don't know for sure. Um, Blueberry does a nice job of breaking up where people get their podcasts from, where they get our particular podcast from, from mm-hmm. other places. You know, whether it's um, oh, I can't even remember some of the names of some of the podcatchers out there, but. You know, or whether they're streaming it from our site or whatever else. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: you know, but it's it's the great. It's a big guessing game. Right. We need Harrison Ford to go find it.
1: (laughs) National treasure. National treasure.
0: Oh, that's the cage. That's Nicholas Cage.
1: That's Nicholas. Yeah, that was the update. That was the update to Harrison Ford, right? (laughs) Just just don't open it because you
2: know what happens when you open it.
0: That's right. Your face melts. Exactly.
2: (laughs) He got the reference. Awesome. (laughs) It's so nice when the guest gets the. Uh,
0: <laughs> Don't look, Miriam. Don't look. Ah, ah, I can't end it. I can't close your eyes.
2: <laughs> oh, man. All we need is a Jaws reference next.
0: Oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Should we just say spoilers? I'm sorry. There's a spoiler. Look, if it's a movie from 19. <laughs> there are no spoilers.
2: No, there are no spoilers.
0: Well, I haven't seen the movie. It's like, well, what kind of a rock have you been living in the last 30 plus years?
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is too much. You are too much, man. We um, thought
1: yesterday was good. This, this tops yesterday almost. I
2: know, right? We recorded one yesterday, um, and it was really good. I'm glad, I'm glad
0: you guys are having fun. I'm, I'm having a blast myself. Yeah, this is great. It's, it's
2: always fun to sit and chat about this kind of stuff because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we live in the same world. mm mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I always talk about, that, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. We're all doing the same thing, so why not share collaborate and do all these yep. kinds of things and, and it just makes a lot of sense And I mean, yeah, you're a New York guy but you've been in Maryland for a while now and you're experiencing the same problems we're experiencing it's, it's, yep. and it's the same profession
0: Yep, it's all about trying to help people find the truth That's right and factual evidence of stuff and not just assuming that if it's on the internet, it's true It's like, no <laughs> No, if, it, if it's on my Facebook wall it must be true, it's like, no, it's not. It's, there aren't different rules. It's still the internet. It, they're, they're not different rules. You have to use your brain and go, does this make sense? Yes or no? Does this seem plausible? Yes or no? Is it from a source that... Is it from, is it from weekly world news? Types? <laughs> if yes, then you probably want to doubt that it's real. If no further investigation is warranted. So we are, we are the arbiters of intelligent consumption of information. And that's what we have to do. It's, it's all information. We try to be, you know, relatively politically neutral at times. Most of the times, you know, and sometimes you can't be, but I'm that's, that isn't this type of podcast.
2: So, (laughs) well, yeah, you're right though. I mean, it, If it's, um, I can't tell you how many, and I'm not just singling out seniors, but seniors who actually um, use the internet, Mm -hmm. you know, they say, well, the computer says that it worked that way. Well, no, not necessarily. Where was your source? It was on the computer. Well, (sighs) it it was, where was it on the computer? On the screen.
0: And you know what? They're not wrong. To them, that is where they get it. Because of the consumption of information, it's it's hard to figure out even for uh, information professionals to remember where the heck you saw something because you have so many different things coming into you and filtering various things from curated social media to curated Facebook to whatever website you go to, whatever news you read, whatever physical newspaper you read, what podcast you listen to, there's so many places you're getting information is really hard to say, "Oh, I remember it from blah blah blah." Yeah. It's tough.
2: It's it's impossible. There's so much information out there now. I mean, how many times in a week do you say, "Oh, I remember reading somewhere about yep. And then you and then you say what it's about, and then you can't remember until like three in the morning when you wake up in a cold sweat.
0: Well, that's why you look it up. That's why you look it up on your various uh, search search areas and things. Yes, I said the Googleplex name before, but you know, let's be honest, most people know Google. It's 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 Coca Cola. Oh, you mean
2: it's you don't Coca-Cola. use Dogpile anymore?
0: Uh, yeah. Nice try. <laughs> No, what I use is uh, Duck Duck Go, and I've, Google. I've
2: heard that because that's the one that doesn't try to form your info, right? Yep. Yep, I've heard of that one. It's yep. a good one.
0: Uh, Out of Philadelphia. Yep. Uh, started in Philadelphia, and they don't. Yeah, they promise not to track your stuff, your searches. And you know what? Frankly, when people ask about internet privacy, et cetera, I am completely for privacy of your personal information when it comes to what the heck you check out, but. Uh, let's be honest. The internet was founded by whom? You know, I teach seniors, I teach people about the internet. The first words out of your mouth is who founded the internet? Oh, the worldwide, was it? No, 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 not the word the internet itself. Who founded the internet? Government. The United States military. Yeah. Who designed the internet to survive nuclear war? The United States military. So, it would seem that maybe if you're using their transmission lines, perhaps they have a way of listening into what you're doing. So don't, your stuff's out there. You know what? You're out there. Your stuff's out there. You know, what, for the most part, well, I, I don't want to know what, let them know what I'm buying. It's like, sweetie, they know what you're buying. Amazon knows what you're buying. Your credit card knows what you're buying. Your computer knows what you're buying. Your post person knows what you're buying. They all know what you're buying and don't care.
1: So you like my NSA icon then, don't you?
0: I do. It's, <laughs> true. it's like, you know what? Give it, well, I, I want to keep my stuff private. You know what? You do what you need to do. Use HTTPS everywhere. Use Privacy Badger. Get a, get a good VPN. You know, get a good v if you're truly worried about your stuff especially if you're doing stuff that's illegal online maybe you want to you know get a vpn to sort of you know, cover your tracks because it's tracked or just to have another layer of security but if equifax can have if equifax can have a data breach if all the third-party processors can have data breaches guess what your stuff's already out there absolutely you know, it's like, yeah, oh, my social security card number's out there. Woo, hoo, 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 what a shock.
1: My dad doesn't use ATM cards because he thinks that by, by not doing that, the bank won't have any way to release his information or get it out there publicly. I said, but the banks are the
0: ones getting hacked. So your number's already out there. Yeah. And they, what they, they don't, you know, your card number is easily changed. It's your account number right. that gets pinched. Yeah. That's the good stuff. It's like, and well, social, the, routing, yeah. right, the routing number is easy. Right. And your account number is what gets pinched. And with the right program, they could totally fake that you transferred money from this place to that place.
2: Yeah. Well, well, imagine that uh, a social security number, which was invented in, what, 1932? Yep. Has, uh, is, is hack-proof? Of course it's not.
0: It's a unique identifier of what? nine? God, that's really scary. I can't remember. Five, nine digits. Yep. <clears> hmm. <throat> I wonder how fast a computer can just randomly assign nine digits in a particular sequence. Oh, it's done.
2: Wait, wait, wasn't that the Whopper? It was the Whopper. It was the Whopper.
0: Yeah. You know?
2: Come on, Maurice, help me out. You know that reference.
0: Oh, God, no, I don't. The Whopper? Well, why don't you just unplug it? No, I don't know that reference. Matthew Broderick, War Games? Oh, it has been so long since I've seen War Games. My God. I think it was Reagan's first presidency I saw War Games. It was 1981. That's my point. There's been a lot of stuff I've had to remember since then. But in
2: 1981, the Whopper could, if it could figure out the launch codes, and that was what only six digits in that movie. Yep. What can it do? To, in 1981, could that computer have figured out our social numbers?
0: Yep, it would have taken about ten minutes. But hey.
2: Right. Instead and then of, of pro- like it would take about
0: an hour or two to program it to do that, and then it would be yeah, like, eh, ten minutes, we're done. But then they would have tried to upload it somewhere, and. <laughs> there's a a cartoon that floats around that says back in my day when we tried to look something up and what it is is a broken image link because it it was only in the third hour it's like yeah you just you sort of say i'm downloading a picture and go to bed and you wake up in the morning and half of it's there then you go to work and the other half is there great
2: or it hung up on you
0: yeah yeah yep Sorry, no. Your dad oh, picked call up the call waiting. Phone. Oh yeah, oh, call up the phone. Like, God, you forgot I'm... call waiting. You forgot to oh. clear up the call waiting.
1: That's right.
2: <laughs> or your dad picked uh, up the phone in the middle of
1: Your dad download. picked up the phone, and that was it. Yeah, it's like, uh-huh. mom, I'm on AOL. Uh huh. Come on, dad, uh-huh. I'm on Prodigy. What are you doing? Your, pro- your, connection's, been,
0: your connection's been interrupted. Yeah. Please call dial up again. Yeah, I gotta make. I gotta order pizza.
1: That's uh, so funny because that's exactly what we talked about yesterday, Chris, with Eric. Yep. We, talk, we talked about Suffolk Web. And Suffolk Web was basically the dial-up that we had for patrons in Suffolk mm-hmm. County. And it was great. I mean, and, and you don't understand. Like, the people that hung on to this, they just killed it, what, two years ago, Chris?
2: Yep, two years ago.
1: They just killed it two years ago. And the people that were still hanging on to it and the complaints that oh. the, library, the libraries had to deal with from people that still had it.
0: Oh, Bob, we have the same thing. Really? We have a service, a dial-up service called Sailor. Oh, man that people it, it's you are taking away their right to breathe Absolutely. You're, you're taking away their firstborn, secondborn, thirdborn, their eighth grandchild first grandchild <laughs> you're taking away their puppy you're 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 stoning their puppy
1: yeah you are you're the problem
0: right? in front of them yep yeah no no i i they haven't killed it off yet because people still use it wow but, you know, if it meets those people's needs, you know, you got an old honking computer, you can't afford a new computer, what the heck is high-speed access going to do for you if your computer can't process it? But if exactly. you've got
1: Windows XP and you're connected to the internet, that thing is virus-laden like you wouldn't believe already.
0: Well, if I'm ill, then but they're okay. You know, it's, it's, they're already sick. That's Look, true. What, <laughs> what, like I'm doing my banking on this thing now. I'm looking. Yeah. Up, I'm looking up something on ESPN. You know, text-based service. That's true. Bulletin boards. Right. I'm looking at bulletin boards.
1: GeoCities. Yeah. yeah. Build me a website.
0: Yep. Especially with the da- with the dancing ske- no skeletons and whatnot. Like, oh, your site isn't here anymore.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Jeez. Now we're really going back.
0: Yep. All right, guys, what do y'all want to talk about? Don't we have to do a break? Or are we up for a break? Yeah, I think we're gonna take a break
2: because then we have to okay. ask you our um, our list of questions that we ask every guest. We call the it the
0: 302 2 list.
2: Yes, we have to thank Melanie Cardone. I'm sorry, 032 o- o- list. list. That's the o- o- Dewey number two. for lists, yeah. And we have to thank uh, Melanie Cardone from the Longwood Public Library for naming the list of questions. So okay. we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back for more laughter and hilarity. Ellen Druda. Ellen Druda. Ellen Druda.
1: We're back talking to Maurice Coleman from the Hartford County Public Library and the host of the podcast, T is for Training, who will, our, who will be our next participant in the, in the 032 list. Okay, the, uh, questions, the questions. Go ahead. I know. They were inspired by Literary Hub, an informative library-related news site that has stories and interviews related to library land. You can see their work by visiting lithub.com. Check them out. They do a great job educating and informing the library world on great topics from all over the world. Thank you, Literary Hub. Don't
2: disparage Literary Hub.
1: Literary hub. It's okay.
2: They're awesome. Okay, I'm asking the first question. So, what do you Go think ahead. about that? What did you want to be when you were a child?
0: First baseman for the New York Yankees.
2: Hey, me too. Come on. Who was your guy? Was it Jim Spencer? Was it Chris Chambliss? Yeah, yep. it was. For me, it was Mattingly.
1: Gee, I feel so left out. Not really. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> are you are you a are you a non baseball person? You're a non Yankee person.
1: No, I'm a baseball guy. I, I could do I could do Yankees, but you know. Well, he, he's that orange so, and Mets, gold,
2: that orangey Mets. guy.
1: Yeah. yeah, I could, I could keep the thing. I could keep the Mets. Yeah,
0: because yeah, you know Keith Hernandez was a great first baseman too. But yeah, I want, <laughs> I, I wanted to be a first baseman. I, I like I, it's a position I played in softball pretty much all the time. My knees were shot, so from being young a kid catching and having you know juvenile arthritis and all that, my knees were shot. So I ended up at first base, and. I like catching too, but yeah, if I, could, if I could sit on a boxing and catch, I'd be perfect. Yeah, just put, put a beer box on your I'm good.
1: <laughs>
0: but you can't do that in the pros. So that's what I would have been as a kid. Uh, I also liked uh, acting. I did a lot of acting in high school. That would have been good, but the, uh, I did not have the, I want to live in a small, tiny studio apartment for three bucks and doing plays in the mid- off, 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 off Broadway. So there we go.
1: OK, nice. Bob. Cool. So what is your first memory of a library and who brought you to the library for the first time?
0: Probably either my mother or my grandmother. And it was a library that was. Tr- uh, ooh, let's see. That library was three, four blocks from one of the places we lived and then we moved away and then moved back to the same neighborhood so i was a proud per- member uh, person i used the east flatbush branch of the brooklyn public library and as i got older i would take the bus to the central branch of the public library and i did a, i spent a lot of my youth in that those libraries
2: okay so uh-huh. When did you decide to work in a library? And if not, what was your first career path? I think we talked about this before, but we asked have, the question anyway.
0: Uh, I needed a job. That's why I worked in the library. My career path was not a clue. I fell into training like a lot of people do. I fell into training and community organizing and grant making, et cetera. So that's what I did when I was in New York. Then I had a nonprofit, a technical nonprofit. I did some consulting for various places. Then I also worked for another technical assistance nonprofit, then moved here. So that was my, really, my career path was teaching training technical assistance to help people do stuff better.
1: So we ready for the fictional librarian? Yeah. Who is your, girl,
0: who's your favorite Bat fictional girl. librarian?
2: Ding, Bat ding, ding.
0: Girl, <laughs> girl. Oh, that's, so funny. that's me too. It is Barbara Gordon. <laughs> nice.
2: Okay. What would you be doing if you were not working in a library?
0: Wow. Hmm. Let's see. I would probably be middle management at some nonprofit in New York City because that's really what I was doing. So I'd either be an executive director of a small one or a high-level vice president type thing in a nonprofit nonprofit. A, t- a training and technical assistance place or a grant maker. I would have loved to have been the person who gets to hand out the money as a grant maker, as a program officer.
1: Hmm. So what is your favorite section of the library?
0: Mm, I like seven, four, one point five. So we're talking graphic novels. I, I really love graphic novels. I, as a young person I had an extensive comic collection and through the library, I can keep up with comics and not end up dropping all sorts of cash money on them.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, what else I like? Uh, really the nonfiction. So I'm, I'm a big nonfiction person books or not poetry, etc. Uh, cookbooks. I like to peruse them. The geeky books, uh, all sorts of stuff. I, I like the library itself. Okay, you know so
1: what's neat, Chris? What's Chris, that? you could tell that he read that he read all the questions before we asked them. <laughs> not everybody does that, right? Yeah, not everybody guests. does that. We've I had some guests who asked no questions. I oh, I don't prepped. know. He prepped. I love it.
2: He did some prep. That's how you know he's a podcast guy.
1: Oh, that's right, because he doesn't want to be surprised. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so if you had infinite space and budget, what would you add to your library?
0: Infinite space and budget, I would add... To the entire system, uh, and I would have to trust people to bring them back. But laptops for those who have limited access to technology, laptops and hotspots for everyone. Hmm. Good point. It's a big it's a big thing in. So if people look at our county and they see we have a part of the county that's not as affluent as others. And then you see parts of the county that are very affluent but very spread apart. You now We have the digital divide in both ways. We have a concentration of people who don't have the financial means to get, say, high-speed internet access. And then you go to another part of the county, and they physically can't get land-based high-speed internet access because they're not in a dense enough population area. Right. So they both have the exact same problem. And we started – loaning hotspots, but I would like to get everyone a hotspot and so that they can have even their phones, their old phones they can still use as a Wi-Fi enabled device. You know, they can they can use all that technology and have access to the internet because that's where a lot of things are going. People are applying for jobs, they need access to the internet, they need something to type on. Yeah. While a phone can do some of it. They need a computer to do a lot of it. So that would be the infinite thing. Every person could get a computer and a hotspot for for every address. And that way people can get online and do stuff. That's a great answer. It is. So what do you love, absolutely love about your library? That we try new things as much as we can. A lot of times we are the first people, the first few people to get a service in the country. You've heard of hoopla. That's a you it's patron driven acquisition. Uh, It's by Midwest tape. We were the fifth library in the country to get it. We were one of the first libraries to do a shared collection thing. We were one of the first libraries to catalog. We were the first library to catalog video games way back when. So we do a lot of that cutting edge stuff and we're willing to try stuff out and we'll will evaluate try to evaluate a digit or if it's a service that we want to keep our people will do the weirdest stuff to things and the people will tell us we never thought of that and we look at them and go well that just makes sense why wouldn't you think of doing it that way hmm. okay yes, we'd like to be able to get all the information out that we put in, in a report. Why wouldn't we be able to do that? And you look at them across and like, well, we didn't think anyone would ask. Like, You tell us to put this stuff in. Do you think we want to pull it out? <laughs> <laughs> We're putting all this data in. Don't you think maybe we want to extract it in any way we'd like to? Yeah. <clears throat> so we try to have services relevant to our community. We serve a very broad community. We try to do stuff that serves the entire community bring things here that they don't have access to, and we really, really do our—we try to do our best to serve our customers.
2: Okay, so what is the weirdest thing—not necessarily the worst—but the weirdest thing that's ever happened in your library?
0: <sighs> okay, that one I had to really think about because, as opposed to various effluent spills. Everyone's had all sorts of stuff happen in their library when it comes to the bathroom. That's all I'm going to say. Everyone's <laughs> had, has a bathroom story. Everyone has other bodily fluid stories. Uh, we had someone take a computer monitor out of our library under their jacket.
1: Wow! Before they were LCD. Yep. So a real big computer monitor, yep. CRT monitor. Yep. Wow.
2: That's great. I, I'm just trying to picture how that is physically happening.
0: Jacket walking quickly. I don't know. It was just what the fudge moment. Yeah. <laughs> I right. think, yeah I, I, okay. I, Bob, I think it, I, 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 I checked that. I think it was a CRT. Cause it was a few years ago. I don't think we had flat screen monitors then. Wow. But I could be wrong, but. Imagine, either under a jacket. A flat screen, you could understand. Yeah, but it's, get- a, it's, a, it's a little 18-inch monitor. I mean, good God.
2: Did he get away? the
1: basketball.
0: Yeah, no comment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who's your favorite regular patron?
0: I, I don't work as much of the branches anymore. I have this... I used to have someone who became library board chair this person was my very first patron yeah. as part of my job as sunday circulation manager it was also my job to open up the drive through eight o'clock every monday morning so i open up the drive through at our branch we have four branches that have drive up service windows nice and eight o'clock in the morning i'd open up my thing I didn't even have to say it. I knew who was there. I had her books ready because her kid went to the school that was right uh, up, the, up the road from the library. So she was always there at 8 o'clock dropping her kids off. Well, we had this great relationship. She, ended, she turned into the chair of the library board of directors. Wow, cool. Yep, And another regular patron that also ended up being the chair of the library board of directors. Right. Uh, you know, the, those are the, – the customers that I love are the ones that I can make go, wow, that's really cool, or I didn't know that. Saying I didn't know that, that's the coolest thing because that's what we're there for. We're there to, you know, leverage information, curate information, access information for all.
2: Well, that is totally true, and I can't disagree with you. It's one of those moments where somebody walks away and say, says, uh, I really learned a lot. I can't believe how much I learned in one sitting.
0: Bam! And you're happy for yeah. the rest of the day.
2: He gives Until you that... someone
0: drags you down, but hey, that's, that's, just, that's just... Well, that. that's just the ups <laughs> and downs of the day. <laughs> it's just the day. but yeah, That's the coolest thing. When Also, when a staff member will come up to me, and when we did the Learning 2.0 thing, I had a staff member send me a cartoon. And she said, Maurice, I get this joke now thanks to you. It was that's a cool. It, it was in the comic mutts and it was some weird web 2.0 joke, you know, something like Google YouTube thing way back when this is 10 years ago. And she said, my God, I get the joke now. Thank you. I get the joke. That's funny. And she was impressed. Like, I get it. I understand it. Or at least I, 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 at least I understand it enough to know that it's not completely foreign to me. If that makes sense. Sure. You know, she knows enough that she can look stuff up. That's not, it won't, she doesn't get that weird thing. I'm sure Bob, you deal with this as an IT person and Chris, you may or may not deal with this. It was some of your compatriots, but you get something with a button and they go. (laughs) (laughs) You answer "Uh, gentlemen, this is my soapbox. So it's going to sound a little bit canned. But no one ever expects anyone to know all of Shakespeare. What and who told you that you have to know every single electronic device that walks into your library? Who told you that? No one. That's right. No one told you that. But but who told you that? No one. Okay, then why do you make yourself crazy? Yeah. Look it up. That's it. I didn't think I could do that. It's like, what the heck do you think we do? That's right. We we t- we just know the problem. We can figure out what the problem is. Type in that problem and go. Oh, your search engine of choice tells you how to fix the problem.
1: That's right. Did you is turn that it on easy? And- Have you turned it on again
0: and off again? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's that's the whole IT crowd joke thing.
1: Yep. <laughs> no,
0: that's the IT crowd. And you know what? Sometimes it's true. Yep. It's like, well, why should I restart it? Like just. It needs, it's sort of like wiping the blackboard. You know, you get all the stuff in the blackboard, you erase it. And you, you put more stuff on it, you erase it. You get all that chalk dust build up. Every once in a while, I got to take a wet thing and just wipe the blackboard clean. Mm-hmm. That's what you're yep. doing in your restart.
1: I have told people, Adam, a million times, I said, you know, when you park your car in your driveway and you go to sleep for the night, you don't leave it running. You shut it down, you lock it up. And right. And morning, you start it back up again. Yeah.
2: I tell yeah. them that it just got tired. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's
2: tired. It needs to go take a rest. It needs it's a timeout. It's nap,
1: it's nap time. It's nap time for Windows. time M- for bozo. <laughs> it's Windows Millennium. For Windows Millennium needed a nap. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: that, 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 that's, that's a
0: dirt nap. Pasture. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Emmy needed to be put in the pasture.
2: Okay. So, what are people without library cards missing out on, other than the entertaining Maurice Coleman?
0: Well, what people without library cards are missing out on is the opportunity to see stuff they may never get to experience in the everyday. Libraries put people in touch with cool stuff, with new stuff, with stuff that can be explained easily, or discovering a new author, or a new director, or a new actor, or just something new. The library is there to help you find new stuff. Libraries shouldn't have everything, because that's impossible. But they should have something for everyone. And try to find your everyone. There are people who say, well, I don't need to go to the library. There are still people who don't think we have VHS tapes. (laughs) The the library just has books, right? It's like, uh, you have not been in a library in a while, now have you? No. Go to the library and explore. That you, don't let, you don't even need a library card to explore. A lot of places will let you look at stuff just to walk in. They don't need to know who you are. Well, That's another privacy thing. People think, wow, if I get a library card, they're going to identify me for everything. It's like, eh, no. We just want to make sure our books come back and our DVDs That's come back. That's all. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, don't you love it when people come up to you and go, yeah, I used that computer thing. What happened to the card catalog?
1: <laughs> I haven't had that in a long time. You, I got
2: I got that today actually.
1: Did you really? Yeah, oh no. I well,
2: don't you, computer. You
0: just, that that was the card catalog. Well, how long have you not had a card catalog? Let's see. Uh I think it was W's first term or second term. <laughs> We're talking three presidents ago. Yeah. <gasps> oh my god. Has it been that long since I've used a library? Yes. <laughs>
1: Chris, every library's card catalog is in their basement. They don't, you know, it's, it's in storage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're being sold for lots of cash on eBay. You that's know,
1: right. Those, the original the, card catalog. The original card
0: too. catalogs. Those yeah. those things are not cheap anymore. No way. They're like the, the hipster wine cabinet. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly.
2: That's, that's the funniest part. We actually um, put a small one out. Because we were doing it as a um, like a suggestion box, where people would take out you know write their things on the back of a a real card and Uh put it actually put it in. We had the bottom cut out of the hole so they could pop it onto the post that they kept all the cards on and have them push it into the into one of the drawers. And people were like, "You've ruined! What happened? That that was the card catalog. You guys ruined it."
0: (laughs) Yes. Our primary function as a library is to access information. The first thing we did was burn a card catalog. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what we did.
1: We took yep, it out of ahead. service yesterday and made a suggestion box today.
0: Yep. There we go. We suggest you have a card catalog. Very good suggestion. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs>
0: no, we just memorized all, our entire collection. We just remember where it all is. That We're good. We're, we're good.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
2: Well, holy cow, this has been an experience. I love this one. This is his, this is going to be, if people aren't laughing or haven't laughed in this one, then they're dead.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I'm not going to say they're dead. Maybe they're hard of hearing. <laughs> that might be it. But it's been a lot of fun. Thank Definitely. you, two. it's It's been, this has been a great conversation. My gosh, I didn't realize. Whoa, we went. So how long are your shows usually?
2: About an hour, hour and a half.
0: Okay, yeah, Good. good. So
2: we just hit that hour and a half mark, so we're good. Okay,
0: good. Uh, I didn't want it like five hours later. My wife's going, honey, you said you were coming home. I was like, I was talking.
1: I'll tell you, we don't (laughs) all usually laugh for 45 minutes, but this was a good one. Yeah, we haven't laughed this this (laughs) much in a long time. It's a good one.
0: I was talking. All right, so you want to do my plug or shall I do my plug? You you can do your
2: plugs. Go ahead. You wrap up.
0: Hi, I'm Maurice Coleman. I can be heard on the podcast T is a training which we found at tisfortraining.wordpress.com or on iTunes under T is for Training. Though you won't be able to get any stats, that's okay. Feel free to leave <laughs> us a review. I could also be reached by email at baldgeekinmd at gmail.com or on Twitter at baldgeekinmd. If you're interested in having me, come speak at your library-related event. And that's it. Well, you got to do the Chris and Bob part. I'm not Chris or Bob. It'd be great let him close out the show. <laughs> That's all the time we have for this edition. If you have questions or comments on our show, go to the Contact Us section of our website at thelibrarypros.com, where we'll also have notes and links from all of our episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at @thelibrarypros and on Facebook at facebook.com thelibrarypros and please don't forget to subscribe on RSS, iTunes, soon-to-be Apple Podcasts, Android email, or Google Play. Remember, the opinions stated by library pros and their guests, that's me, are solely those of Chris, Bob, and Maurice Coleman, and not necessarily those of Sacramento Public Library, MS, Clark Moore Library, or any other library. See you next time. I thought that was great.
2: Well, that was great. We, we had nothing else to say. He closed out the show. <laughs>
0: Man, it's over. Ellen Drew to five bucks. Ellen Drew drew to
2: another five bucks.
0: (laughs) All right. What's up with that? Ellen Drew to five bucks. We'll talk about it afterwards. We'll let the announcer do the announcing thing.
1: All right. We are out. (laughs) You've been listening to the Library Pros podcast. The Library Pros are brought to you by Pippet Productions and by the Library Pros themselves, Krista Christofaro and Bob Johnson. Special thanks to Sachem Public Library for providing space for this podcast. Until the next turn of the page. I'm your announcer, Carlton Welch.